0: What I'm about to say could very well change your life because it changes your hair. <laughs> we all know how much I how much I love my hair. I've invested quite a bit of time and effort over the years into taking care of my hair and trying to figure out why is it thinning? It's been a little bit more dry. And honestly, some of that stuff just happens as we age. And if that is you, you need to look at two things. One is your pillowcases. And the other is what are you using to pull back your hair specifically when you sleep? First, if you're using a cotton pillowcase, get rid of it. They actually absorb moisture and can dry out your skin and hair. If you've ever woken up with frizzy hair or a bunch of sheet marks, that's because of the cotton. So I recently made the upgrade to 100% mulberry silk pillowcases from a brand called Blissey. Silk actually reduces frizz and tangles and prevents breakages because it keeps the moisture in your hair. And get this, if you're doing a skincare routine at night... But then sleeping on cotton, that cotton is actually absorbing your skin care. Not cool. No thank you, cotton. And if you pull back your hair, like me or my daughter, stop using elastic hair ties. Elastic can cause more breakage. It causes a horrible crease. And Blissey makes these amazing small silk hair ties. I use them every single night. I just got the pink tie-dye ones. And I can actually shower, do my hair the day before, use a silk hair tie at night, and then there's no crease or frizz the next morning. It's seriously like magic. Blissey sells 100% mulberry silk pillowcases and accessories. They are naturally hypoallergenic, cooling, and unlike other silk pillowcases, Blissey's are machine washable, which is why I went with them. Blissey silk pillowcases are the best ones on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men love them, too. My husband has one. They have over 1.5 million raving fans, and I am one of them. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at Blissey.com com forward slash well fed and get an additional thirty percent off. That's blissy b l i s s y dot com forward slash well fed and use the code well fed to get an additional thirty percent off. You'll wake up feeling better than ever, and so will your hair. You are now listening to Well Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tar. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com. And you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back. This is episode number 443. And I am here with my longtime eight-year co-host, Stephanie Ruper. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. Hey. Pretty sure that's how, let's say, like 250 of our episodes have started.
1: <laughs> you going hey really yeah oh wow um I just said that and I was like wow I put a lot of emphasis on that like maybe a little bit more than usual and I pictured the fons, and maybe yes. I've been saying hi like that my whole life because I grew up what was that programming when Nickelodeon was late at night and they played Nick adult shows yeah Nick at night yes and yes. and the Fonz happy something the Fonz happy, happy happy days right and the Fonz yeah and didn't he go hey
0: mm, he hey. did and he,
1: like hit the jukebox yes. yeah I'd probably been doing that for 30
0: years because the Fonz did it I don't know <laughs> things things that settle in in our childhood and then we just carry forever My tell know. you what I loved I love Lucy loved that really? show and I think it came on at a nick at night so like it was like it one did. of those like 10 o'clock at things and i would watch that all the time i also watched um the brady bunch a lot but i loved i love lucy Mm. that was my show isn't that like it feels like when we were watching those shows though they were classics like they were old and i guess like this generation's they're never gonna watch it because like you watched what was on tv right you didn't just on demand watch whatever now there's so much programming on so many apps like You lose the classic shows, the Wheel of Fortune, the Jeopardy, the stuff that was on. So you kind of just like watched it.
1: That's that's true. The passive the passive watching, I think, is kind of coming to an end. Although if people if certain shows have a reputation of being classic, I can imagine that various platforms would, you know, bring them back. And
0: sure. Yes, sure. of
1: course. Yes. I, I which I guess is an old show now. I right.
0: know. I think it was 10 years ago it went off the air. I listened to The Office Ladies, which is a podcast. Um, with where they talk Fisher. about the show The Office. They re- So it's Jenna and Angela. So they were both, you know, Pam okay. and Angela. And they have gone back and rewatched every episode. However, their rewatches are really really good like they'll Mm -hmm. actually break down the entire episode and be like at five minutes 42 seconds this is what happening this or this is what's happening this is what i caught in the background this is what i was actually working on this is what we did that day like so it's really cool behind the scenes stuff which i definitely eat up so it's good it's funny it's funny and it's like all these questions you have about the show like did they actually was that improv like was that improv or not and a lot of it was which is I think what made that show so good. So, okay, before we jump into questions, we've got a lot of good topics today. I put out a call for questions, kind of just like a random what you got on my Instagram. And I will have to say there was a lot of questions about just struggling with weight loss, weight creeping up. So we are bringing that into today's episode, just, you know, forewarned. Uh, Weight creeping up, wanting to go on a diet, actionable tips, tools, and resources for reducing stress when you're going through, you know, seasons of increased stress. We're going to be talking about navigating food and sheet cakes and pizza and all the stuff at parties and school celebrations. And then we do have a little bonus question at the end about PCOS and burnout that we may or may not get to, depending on how much we talk, (laughs) which usually is more... More than less. We do have, I have a first, before we jump in, I have a first ever giveaway that we are doing from Organifi Organifi offered to help me out with the situation. Here's the deal. Steph and I are not really great at what we do sometimes. (laughs) And we're supposed to be doing things like asking for reviews because I just, just before we got on, I told Stephanie, I said, we haven't had a review in like six months, (laughs) Now, I'm sure there's been like a couple, but it's been a while. And I understand like if you're not being told, like you're just not going to do it. And I listen to a lot of great podcasts and it's not until they're like, hey, could you leave a review? I'm like, I'm going to leave a review because I love this podcast. So we would we need reviews. We haven't had many in a while and we just need the help so that Apple thinks we're credible and a good show. So if you can leave a review, it's really easy to do. It may take a second but you can if you're listening to a show you can or if like this episode is live you can click on the three dots um and say go to show it's like the three dots right below the actual screen and it'll show you episodes scroll down and then it says ratings and reviews and you can just leave the stars and then actually write a review now previously for those who are new here Steph and I used to argue about apples because I loved pink lady apples because they're the best. We st- I still have a bag of pink ladies in my fridge right now. My kids like them. And she likes Fugees, which I don't understand still, but um, she, used, she used to like Fugees when she used to eat apples. I don't know if you're doing that now. No apples. <laughs> so, so Steph is team no apples. So we used to say, Put in th- what team Apple you are, and we got a lot. We got a lot of votes for, I think, some top contenders. We're definitely pink ladies, but like Braeburn, and nobody said Red Delicious. Thank God, because that's just bad. Um, I and- like
1: a good Red Delicious. They're oh, in my. God. They're in my top queue. If what? I had to have apples, yeah. Oh
0: my gosh, so bad. They're like mealy and sweet. You need a crisp. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> we need to think of something else because stuff doesn't need apples. So if there's if you are when you leave a review you you're can ask, asking people you're asking people to tell us how to ask people to leave reviews. No, no, I'm saying when you leave a review, you can choose you can either say your team Stephanie or team Noelle. That's fine too. You could also say whether your team middle part or side part. That works. Team um, cave
1: to the Gen Z pressure or not. Team uh low waist or high waist jeans.
0: Team oh, everybody's better be high waist. the white. team didn't... flare or straight legged jeans. Yo, I just had a friend show up to a party and she was in these like wider flare jeans. And I was like, you look bomb right now. You look so good. They <laughs> look good on some people. They do not look good on me. I'm considering it. I think I have a, an order. I was like, I'm just going to try it where whenever I can get free returns, I'm like, let me see how this looks
1: <laughs> yeah why not uh so- yeah yeah team team all the all the new fashion stuff I almost I almost grew out my hair just so I could have a middle part because with my short hair the middle part isn't doesn't really work but my hair needs to be short so I'm still team side part but Noelle just showed me her side part and it's um the middle is good for Noelle <laughs>
0: Here's the thing, and this that actually is a good testament to you have to commit and get your hair to like settle before you decide. Because like the side part before, that's where my hair was settled. You know, you have to wash it, dry it, actually get it to that place and let your hair settle in that place. Side part right now looks whack on me. So you're always beautiful. Thank you, Stephanie. So let us know in your review what team you are. You just pick a team, y'all, and tell us. Um, The giveaway, what we're going to do is after like three to four weeks, I do have a pretty big giveaway from Organifi. They are going to give away a free sunrise to sunset kit, and that is um, green juice, red juice, and gold. Gold is my favorite. I love it, love it, love it. I have it every night. Um, So three of those. They're adaptogenic blends, um, and it really is for like morning middle of the afternoon and night, like it's perfect. Um, and the green juice does has, have ashwagandha, which is a nice adaptogen for hormone issues and stuff like that. So, um, or stress, it's really the stress adaptogen. So that's what you get. So uh, if you've left a review in the past, you will be entered into that giveaway. But um, if you haven't, go do it now and make sure you actually leave a review and then leave your, like, we'll all announce the name of who the review name and then that's how you'll you'll get it. I'll announce it here. So listen up. We'll keep listening to the podcast to see if you're a winner. (laughs) It's a win-win. Oh, and one last uh, quick announcement. So I have been working hard to get subscriptions up for more chill magnesium. We ran out a little bit ago, and I feel really bad about that because a lot of people did not have their magnesium. Good problem to have, but we're definitely getting production where it needs to be. With that, we get to launch subscriptions. I'm so excited. So we launched it on August 28th. If you sign up for subscriptions before September 12th, you will lock in either a 25% discount if you want three bottles every three months or a 20% discount if you want two bottles every three months for life. I wanted to give people multiple options for subscriptions because I did a poll on Instagram and some of you said that you don't take the recommended dose you actually take a lesser dose because it's so effective so that's cool so that's why we said okay we're going to do two bottles every 3 months as well i don't want to i don't want people to have too much product you know it's no that's no fun so you can lock in this deep discount for life 25% or 20% depending on how many bottles you need that'll come every 3 months if you sign up for subscriptions or you want subscriptions after september 12th you'll lock in a 15% discount. But we wanted to give everybody who loves it now the opportunity to lock in a deeper discount. So that is live. Go check it out on wellminerals.us. So question, are you ready for questions? Do you have anything anything new with you? No.
1: Not that needs to be shared on this <laughs> podcast. Okay.
0: You're still wearing teal, which is good. Um, I'm good. I'm excited. Good. Okay. Question number one is from Jennifer. She says, I'm so confused with all the recommended diets out there. And they all claim to have the answers. Metabolic health, intermittent fasting, low carb, keto, etc. I just want to fit in my clothes and my weight has been creeping up since turning 44. I'm 46 now. I'm active. I have a healthy diet, but I do need to work on portion sizes and calorie intake. Still, it is so hard for me to to lose weight. It's never been easy. Body image has always been a problem for me. But really, at this point, I just want to fit into my clothes comfortably and feel like I have energy to keep up with my family.
1: Yeah, uh, it's challenging. It can be challenging, you know, when we're going through anything. Um, when we're going through anything <laughs> so I guess when we're alive you know our uh our stress can come and go so many factors can be playing roles our hormone profiles are always changing uh, and it and it can be it can be really difficult now if you've you didn't like share uh, more specific details about, your weight and your goals. And that's totally cool. Like, No obligations to share that information ever. Uh, But I just throwing it out there to everybody, right there. uh, You could be, one could be coming from a context of having been under eating for a really long time and then eating a little bit more and seeing weight coming on and you're inching up, but you are in like pretty low sizes. Right. And that's a little bit different from I my sizes have been increasing for a very long time i'm looking into weight loss for very specific health related goals like and so anyway we can all be somewhere on that spectrum right and so just know that that that, that can be a little bit different because my advice might be in a lot of circumstances please let yourself be comfortable. I mean, we should all be comfortable with gaining weight, but you know, this is the primary area of growth. We want to make sure that we're not persistently under eating. Persistently under eating can eventually lead to metabolic slowing. You know, your metabolism slowing down and then becoming creating a lot of hunger signals, so you have a slower metabolism while you're eating more. That sort of thing, and that, and that, of course, in that instance is just like chill out, let it all happen. Chill, chill, chill. Chilling is important for everybody. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do deeply understand it, it's, it's, it's important to watch our bodies. And if we continue gaining weight, or you know what I, what I want to point to here in this question is not necessarily the fact that you're gaining weight, but the fact that you feel like maybe you don't have proper appetite regulation, right? Um. Hmm your weight can like, be a natural consequence of that. Um, you know, there's all this debate about whether you should eat three meals a day or two meals a day, or maybe six meals a day. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's got a lot of opinions about that. I personally, I believe in eating rhythms that help us not develop strong cravings, you know, that, that help our appetite regulation systems naturally. And, that help us feel fed enough that the next time we eat, we don't feel the need to to overeat or, and we can get like our body will make and we can get their their satiation signals. Right. That's that's really, um, really very interesting to me. And so, you know, you're talking about your weight creeping up and. That could be in any instance from any variety of factors having to do with inflammation, having to do with stress. And those could all be relevant for you. Inflammation and stress, of course, do make it harder for the body to have proper satiation signaling. Um, But that is if if you're experiencing lack of fullness, then I would I would kind of I would look at that. I would look at that because that's a that's a toll on, on your mental health and your weight can continue to keep increasing like portion, quote unquote, portion control, you know, eating portions that your body is like designed to handle at any given point in time, being able to do that proper appetite signaling is is quite important and, uh, for, for your health and in, in general. And so I would ask about that, you know, is, is your weight creeping up and you're having trouble with your portions because you're stressed about it and you're anxious and you're thinking about your body size a lot. And so your brain is becoming kind of obsessive about food. And so every time you eat, you never really feel full. Like there's a psychological dimension there. And if you're gaining weight and and critical of yourself about it, it can create this negative feedback loop. You know, anytime you tell yourself not to think about something, you're going to think about it. And it's, it's really hard to, to pull yourself out of, out of that obsession, especially if you continue to keep trying to restrict more and more, and you keep going longer and longer between meals, and then you end up developing more and more of an appetite, and then you eat a lot. And then after you eat a lot, your body like stores some of it, and your body does this, and your hunger regulation mechanisms can, can become further dysregulated. So there's this there's psychological components to, to all of that. Um, stress is a big player in appetite regulation. Um, being a shallow breather, I have actually been doing research on Um, shallow breathing. And if you don't breathe very deeply, and if you don't clear carbon dioxide out of your blood, this can actually interfere with like having the proper pH in your blood for proper appetite signaling and satiation signaling hormones. So stress reduction, deep breathing, circadian rhythm is so important for appetite. I cannot, if I, if I'm like, in in a in a rhythm and i don't do that thing that i sometimes do which is just stay at the library all day right if i if i eat meals and i've eaten most of the calories my body needs by evening <laughs> i don't feel hungry later right but if i am if I'm sort of, if I'm going longer between meals, than my body necessarily wants me to, or if I push off my calorie intake until way later in the day, I do feel dysregulated and I do feel like I'm not satiated in the same way. And so anyway, circadian rhythm uh, is really important. Sleep, reducing stress, thinking about the psychology that you have about all of this. Um, These things are, are really important. And personally, sugar does like, and 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 maybe specifically gluten containing sugar or added sugar, those things. Um, when I say gluten, I mean wheat. You know, those kinds of things also for me personally, and I think for a lot of people, can stimulate appetite and create more cravings rather than less. And uh, other people are totally fine eating sugar. I'm just you know throwing it out there. Um, Hyper palatable yeah. foods. Sure. Yes.
0: <laughs> Hyper palatable. Hyper palatable.
1: I'm team hyper palatable. Can you imagine everybody spelling out hyper palatable and trying to put like a, like an accent mark with the proper emphasis <laughs> in the review team hyper palatable. I'm team hyper palatable. Um, yeah, so, so I just, I want to, I want to put that, I want to put that out there. And of course, everything else about motherhood and vitamin D is so important and uh, mm. mood and all the, all the stuff, um, pivoting our attention to health and trying to get out of the negative influence. I mean, even just seeing people with these like idealized bodies, you know, on, on the gram can create feelings of deprivation and hunger in us. So, yeah, there's a whole lot there, but I I would, I would look at that because I, I, I want for you, you know, to, to feel at home in, in your body and that's mind and spirit together and i i think that looking at the appetite is a key piece to that
0: i think what you you did a a really good job of touching on is that as older women millennial women women our 30s and 40s we have all this history with us so we've likely spent a lot of time dieting trying diets restricting you know, feeling bad about our body. And so we carry that with us. That's like a burden that we carry constantly. And if you haven't properly dealt with that, or you've kind of subconsciously been still trying to constantly restrict yourself, that is, it's, you know, you're always, you're going to have problems with appetite and satiation. Because if you're constantly restricting and under eating, your body does the opposite. You know, we have studies and research that shows that your brain upregulates thoughts of food when you are actively dieting and restricting.
1: Yeah, it's very clear. It's yeah, very
0: clear. It's not, it's not a. Yeah, it's not a um, hypothesis. It really does happen. So we have this obsession, and even the whole why well, I, I have problems with portion size and calorie intake. That to me is not. Oh, sh- you know. It, it, oh, you da- you know well, restrict your calories then, get on a diet, You know, stop eating so much. Like, that's not the answer to me. I'm like, why do you think that? Is that because you've constantly been told that, you've been constantly on a diet, always trying to restrict yourself and now you have it in your head that you can't regulate your own calories and portion sizes. So there may be a little bit, Jennifer, that you need to like get back to, you know, what Stephanie said, which is like, to fix the satiation aspect of it. The way that I would go about this is first and foremost, try to, and this is just like my actionable tips is really try to make sure that you're increasing your protein intake. So for me, I would focus on the things that we know. What are the things that we know that are absolutely great for promoting a healthy and a functioning body? So if you get into your 40s and you're seeing the weight creeping up, one, of course, stress. Okay. We know that stress is a big player and it it's the knob sort of like perimenopause just turns that, you know, we after 40 and you're headed into perimenopause, stress is like that knob just cranks that into high gear. So now when you used to be able to manage stress a little differently or get by, now you can't, you cannot. So Number one is managing stress. We'll get into some actionable basic tips for that next. But you have to be really thoughtful about what you're doing and what you're letting in and your mental and emotional health and saying no and all those things. Next, I would really look at, okay, what am I eating and when? Front load yourself with protein for sure. I feel like that's made a huge difference for me in my appetite regulation because after being pregnant and breastfeeding for five years straight, I had kind of lost touch with how much I needed and what were my energy requirements. And so really making sure like being a heavy hitter with protein. And look, I have like a big breakfast and then I'll have like a second breakfast. And I posted this on my stories the other day because I was just like, what's in the fridge? Because I try to double or triple my, rece- my, re- my dinner recipe so that I have meat, protein to eat you know, in the early morning and by like 1030, I was starving. And so like, I just grabbed some meatballs. So that was like my second breakfast. Right. And I was not hungry again until maybe one o'clock. So when you can really like give yourself the protein and make sure that you have accessible protein on hand, that can make a huge difference. Front load your calories and your protein to the earlier part of the day. It's great for circadian rhythm, but it's also great for satiation. Um, so protein breakfast one and second breakfast. Lunch to me, when I started making that the biggest meal of the day, that really, really helped flip things for me. I would also think about just if it's as long and you can, I mean, I'm a huge fan of working with somebody for this reason, because sometimes we get stuck in our own head and we can't really get out and we can't see the picture like somebody else can. But if you need to, this is where Steph and I talk about Shifting your macronutrients, and we've mentioned it a lot in, in our book, Coconuts and Kettlebells, but this may maybe the time just to tinker with shifting macronutrients. So trying to eat a little bit more protein, a little bit more fat and a, and fewer carbohydrates and see how you do with that. And you can also shift it the other way. See if eating lower fat, a little bit more carbohydrate um, and sufficient protein works for you um, because that those metabolic shifts, while I don't love this whole keto intermittent fasting you know do the metabolic diet like i don't think you need to be doing a specific diet i think what we need to be doing instead or are our are the way that we approach this is let me figure out what macronutrient ratio works for me in this period of my life you went through a lot of changes being in your 40s is, is a lot there's a lot of changes happening our insulin you know we're more prone to insulin resistance we're more prone to uh losing muscle mass we're we're not. So that's why, you know, I would also in general just up your protein intake as you get into your 40s anyway. Um, we are, you know, our metabolism, our processes tend to slow down. We you tend to have more bone density issues. So I would think about how can I really reduce my chronic stress, increase protein and satiation, maybe tinker with my diet a little bit more if I need help with that, um, get some external help and then really improve insulin sensitivity. So that would be, I know you're an active person, but what are you doing? You know, are you still doing the same thing that you used to do? Because that may not be working for you anymore. So it may be shortening your workouts, doing very short, high intensity workouts. And I'm not saying like a 45 minute thing. I'm talking like maybe you do five to 10 minutes of a high intensity workout and then you do some like heavier lifting. So you're really focusing on improving insulin sensitivity. Um, and then the last thing I will mention is that it is really hard for your body to continue to handle alcohol at this stage. I think we have to sometimes just take a step back and get real with ourselves about how much we're depending on caffeine and alcohol. There is nothing, there's no benefit to alcohol. And as you get older, your body is less able to handle it. And what you're doing is inhibiting your body's ability, you're you're slowing down or you're inhibiting liver function, liver detoxification every time you're drinking. So, and we need our liver, especially in perimenopause. Like we need our liver in order to normalize hormones, you know, detoxify. It's it's an incredibly important organ. So I, I would think about ditching alcohol. And then after all of that, if you're still like, this is not where I want to be, then I would say, work with somebody, get your hormones tested. And... Th- look into if there's something else that you really need to be doing to balancing hormones, whether it's supporting your liver with some additional adaptogens or herbs, you know, milk thistle, whatever. Um, And just getting a little bit more serious about dialing in, okay, what am I eating and when, and how can I get help with like a strength training program or something so that I feel better? Because you also mentioned, you know, I don't have the energy. And so I think that there is a little bit, I, th- I would focus on that. How can I actually improve my energy? Feel better. Have vitality. Get your focus off of. Well, I just want to fit in my jeans, and instead, let's get focused on. And I mean, I'm not saying that that's not a factor, um, or that you're you're wrong for thinking about that. I think that that can absolutely be part of. This is why I want to improve my health and move forward and make some changes, right? But I would more focus on how can I have energy and set myself up for success for my late 40s, 50s, and beyond. And what are those things that I need to do? And so supporting liver health and lifting weights and, you know, lifting weights does more than just insulin sensitivity. It's bone density. It's all those things. It's muscle growth. And then increasing your protein is is big as well And and ditching the alcohol. I have a brand new 20% off code for you to use on a probiotic that has literally changed my digestion. So listen up. As someone who's struggled with IBS since like age eight or nine, sometimes my gut will still randomly act up without me knowing why. And that happened a few months ago and went on for weeks. I started searching for a probiotic that contains a combination of evidence-based strains, including both lactobacilli and bifidobacteria strains, because research actually shows you get more benefit When these two are taken together, I also really wanted prebiotics included. And so I tested something called doctor's choice probiotic. And wow, it made a difference almost immediately. I had absolutely no bloat the next morning and my digestive issues completely cleared up it was wild. Doctor's Choice is formulated with 30 billion live beneficial bacteria per capsule. It also contains FOS, which is a powerful prebiotic that feeds the probiotic strains. Its safe, delayed-release coating makes it so that it actually gets into the digestive tract. Doctor's Choice probiotic is made by MD Logic Health. It is developed and manufactured in a USA GMP facility. Every ingredient is tested for potency and purity. And they do additional testing for toxins like mold and even heavy metals. If you struggle with digestive issues, bloating, or want to optimize your body's ability to break down food, including protein, I highly recommend rotating in Doctor's Choice Probiotic. Both my husband and I now take it daily. And for a limited time, you will get 20% off Doctor's Choice. Just go to mdlogichealth.com forward slash Doctor's Choice and use coupon code WELLFED20 for 20% off. Again, that's mdlogichealth.com forward slash doctor's choice. That's D-R-S-C-H-O-I-C-E. Use coupon code WELLFED20 for 20% off. And you always get free shipping on orders $50 or more.
1: That's, that's, a, like that's, a, good, that's a good shout. Yeah, I, liked, I didn't even get to like the specific diets. Those were... Um, it was a great chance. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you. Hey, that's why we work together. Question number two is from Mama to Mine. She says stress reduction is clearly important. She thinks <laughs> she's annoyed. She's like, stop talking about stress. What are practical ways to achieve this? And then Amy Blaze says, Hey Noel, I'm going through a stressy work phase, which sounds exactly like something Stephanie would say. I'm putting on weight, and my period is a wall. Any tips?
1: Oh, stressy. Um, yeah, stress reduction is is super important. I see like a, a multi-pronged approach is really important. Uh f- there's practically what we have in our lives, <laughs> right? Thinking strategically about sources of stress in our lives. Are they inevitable? Can we reshuffle? Can we say no? Can we delegate? Can we share responsibilities? Can we lighten our loads for ourselves in whatever capacity? Can we even drop something that we like for the sake of something that we like more or is more important to us? I I think that that's just really important. You know, I personally have moved so quickly, and I think I I have this habit. And I, I think this will resonate with a lot of people. Where I'm going to hold up my hands, but I think you'll understand what I'm saying without looking at the visuals. Like there's a certain level of stress that is tolerable to me. It's like I can live with this, and then I pack all of my days to get right up to under that level. Like right up to under that level. Why do I? No, like that's not, because what I can live with is not what's optimal, and so what I have been doing. And then I and then I run and I'm working quickly all day and I'm impatient with people because I have things that I have to do for me or because I've told people I would do them or whatever and and I'm I'm impatient and I'm hurried and I'm not loving and I'm stressed and I get home at the end of the day and I don't want to talk to anybody and I'm like a bit of a monster and well you know with that I'm not as patient as I would like to be and I have to take deep breaths and I have to like do all this work to try to make myself a decent presence to other people whereas if I just had put less on my day in the first place now of course like a lot of things happen they happen to us we're in situations where we can't offload responsibilities but we all need to take we all could be served by taking <laughs> pull back that language of need by taking um, a good hard look at our lives and saying am I filling my card like am I am I filling this up too much am I pushing myself up against the level of what i can live with as opposed to what is optimal right having a full life is amazing and beautiful and rich but there is there is a difference between a full life and and an overplanned or an overscheduled or an overfull life a full life is rich and we have energy and we sort of like swing from activity to activity because they're not overly draining because it's not too much like you, it's 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 a sweet spot and we all need to I think think about moving towards that for ourselves and that does mean letting go of things that we like Mm -hmm. for the sake of things that are more important or that we like more somebody once said to me I think it was a professor in my undergraduate degree or something you can do anything you want but not everything you want and and that's uh that's really important and that means for ourselves and that means for other people too like it's just Period. You know, Um, I also want to throw out there for people. um, I read this book. I'm meandering. (laughs) I am (laughs) meandering away from this question, but I bet these are some things I've been sitting with that I want to share. Um, There's this book uh, that's, I think, quite popular in a lot of Christian circles. It's uh, called Boundaries. And it's so funny because I bring it up to people and I'm like, hey, have you heard of this book Boundaries? I think it's by Henry Cloud or Clo or, or something. And they're like, yeah, we know the boundaries book stuff. Like everybody knows it, you know, I'm like, okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, It's new for me. Um, But it was so illuminating for me when I read it because it distinguishes and it says that the Bible distinguishes um, between burden and load. And there are like some burdens that are too heavy for us to carry on our own. And we are all called to help one another with that. But we also have daily loads and that's like what you can fit in your backpack. And I think so many of us, especially as women, have this idea of being a good person, being somebody who carries their own daily loads and the loads of other people. And you go out of your way to do it, right? Like constantly looking for ways to carry other people's responsibilities. But if we, if we like go out of our way to be responsible for other people's feelings, to be responsible for other people's like own responsibilities, to take on their tasks, to take on their growth, to take on their X, Y, and Z. We are stripping them of the ability of the honor to be responsible and to grow through discomfort. Like we all have to be on these journeys. And and I, I raise this point because for so many people, I imagine, and especially women, a huge source of stress in life and of overpacking schedules and all that kind of thing is that is this constant living of awareness of other people's like potential potential needs or the rhythms of their lives and feeling responsible for them and going out of our way to to be responsible for them. But we're not. Mm-hmm. Um and in fact trying to shoulder somebody else's responsibilities is kind of doing them an injustice and you might have to watch them like struggle a little bit but that's what we're all called to do is carry our own daily loads of course obviously there are things that we have to step up for other people for but i'm just i don't know for a podcast about women's issues and talking about stress and body like yeah you know we all uh, we live in a culture where we are encouraged to think of goodness you know, what it means to be a good person, what it means to be a good woman, is like so giving of of yourself. And again, being giving is not a bad thing, you know. But um anyway, so I want to I just, <laughs> went on a little bit of tangent there. So stress reduction is partially about like pragmatically identifying sources of stress in our lives and and approaching them. And then of course there's another piece, which is um like mindfulness and intentional practices every single day that like deep breathing, working on training yourself to breathe from your diaphragm, as opposed to shallowly with your lungs is huge. Doing a diaphragmatic breathing exercises a few times a day can constantly help bring your cortisol levels back down. When you're in periods of stress that you like, you have no option. They were just a part of your life. You got to do it. You know, Um, I try to do these things. I, I try to, I try to, I try to do them daily and to, integrate them throughout my day to help my body keep returning to its calm baseline. I often will like shoot up and just keep going like more stress, more stress, more stress. I'll be done eventually. But what I want to do is come up and then down, up and then down, up and then down. Um, so that my baseline is in this like more peaceful, unhurried mode. Um, and doing things that are fun is huge for stress. And you, you, I think every day trying to have fun, and if you don't have the energy to go do something fun, laugh, watch comedy, watch something light. You know, I just the whole obsession with serial killer documentaries and stuff right now. No (laughs) offense, because I'm sure that like tons of our listeners are into it. Okay, yeah. Like it. Here's a whole other thing—a horse that I'm about to get on, and I'm so sorry. I'll be fast. Well, I want to write an article about this, like. These things are compelling. They catch our attention, right? Like, yeah, But it's it's like when you're driving down the highway and you see a car crash and you like really like you really feel like you want to look at it because you're curious. And like there's something in humans that are deeply curious and in that way, like drawn to carnage and, and perversity. Like that's the whole, you know, the serial killer stuff. And we watch a ton of TV that's really disturbing, yes. like very violent. People are horrible to each other. And that might like be a way of letting go and you're enjoying yourself. But if you think you're relaxing, if you think you're making yourself more predisposed to joy and to lightheartedness and to peace and flourishing, like, I mean, I don't wanna tell you your feelings are invalid and maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but there was a difference between taking a break that is neutral or maybe negative for you, but it's like you're relaxing your willpower. So it's like break time. And a break that when you're done with it, you're like more at peace with yourself in the world, you know? So people, when I talk about what TV I watch, I always tell people, like, I don't, I don't watch a lot of the really cool stuff because it's disturbing to me. And when I'm done, like, I don't feel better and I don't feel better about the world. Yeah. I watch like lighthearted stuff where people become better versions of themselves. You know, I'll watch Parks and Rec like a million times because mm. <laughs> ever because everyone's on a journey and like growth and all that kind of whatever. but. These are some ideas that are a little bit more outside of the box regarding stress reduction and and that I haven't really talked about before on the podcast, but I've been thinking about a lot recently. So take it all with a grain of salt. I hope I I don't mean to offend anybody. Everybody's feelings are valid, but um, the landscape of stress and like... Modern humans. Okay, sorry. I mean, no,
0: I couldn't agree more. Like, I I think probably in the last five to seven years, I've drastically changed what I engage with, especially because like at night is when we watch TV. That's the only time I have to watch TV. Is like the thirty minutes before you go to bed. When you think about your nervous system health. That's kind of what you have to think about for stress reduction. Shift your mindset because it's so overused and people are so bored with it. Shift your idea from how can I manage my stress to like, how can I proactively support my nervous system and help get it into a parasympathetic state? How can I get it down? How can I downregulate it more often than not? How can I stop being in this sympathetic stress state and keep pinging my nervous system and, and constantly stimulating it? So when you think about it from that perspective, you can kind of see the things in your life that are keeping your nervous system in this overactive, sympathetic state constantly. And one of those things, unfortunately, is things like social media and TikToks and Reels and, you know, scary podcasts and programming and TV shows. Like, it, it it's jarring. It alerts us. And it's it can impact us that over time can be a source of chronic stress chronic nervous system stimulation so you know and I adrenaline had- by the way sorry adrenaline. like
1: yeah like yeah. It, it it's it's dopamine and adrenaline and these things like i just you know they're uh, mm,
0: mm. constant yeah. so like that's why i had to get off um tiktok was because like i, I felt like you talked about that, like innate human desire to always kind of you you want to see the thing that you don't know. And somehow, like, I think, you know, not somehow, but I know that that's why a lot of these short videos that are like, you're never going to believe what happened next or um, watch this guy completely wipe out or, you know. <laughs> Uh, even darker stuff that I don't even want to mention, just dark stuff that like pops up and you're like, oh my gosh, they got that on video. And then like, you feel like you have to watch it and then you want to like research it more and like what happened to that person. And then you find out that that family died or whatever. Like, it's not, it's not helpful. It's not good. It's out there. And yes, we want to support other people and we want to like, you know, like you said, be a part of carrying each other's burdens. But at some point we also have to protect our own, peace in our own nervous system and stop buying into this system really of social media which is training our brains to constantly be looking for the next hit to be you know short like quick short blurps that we can't like we can't look away from we always have to keep looking at it and it's shortened our attention spans and everything so removing that was definitely helpful. And, and I, here's what I'll say. I think sometimes the things that <laughs> help reduce our stress are the things that we don't want to do, because when we're yep. feeling stressed out, what is it that we want to do? We want to pick up our phone and we want to like, just numb ourselves with scrolling and social media and chatting and talking in this false communication, which I love social media. I love that it's able to con- connect with people, but it's not real human connection. It's not sitting across from somebody that you need to be sewing into with a cup of coffee. It's not, it's not real community, even though we call it, you know, social. And that can actually be numbing, but it sure is not stress reducing. So we have to be, get real, real with our, get real, real. Uh, We have to be real with ourselves and say, okay, what do I actually need in this moment? Maybe I need to go outside for a walk and get in the sunshine and just take in some fresh air. Now that may not sound great in the moment. I get it, I get it. You're like, I don't wanna do that right now. But it's those tiny little shifts that you do to manage your stress, to you know regulate your nervous system that are going to add up over time so that you're not feeling overwhelmed or stimulated or you know, and that, that prevents a crash, that prevents adrenal dysfunction and thyroid issues and hormone imbalances because you're intentionally incorporating these little things that actually reduce your stress, not the things that that numb you um, or make you forget. So I think it's really just like like you said, I think you said you got to take assessment of like, okay, what's actually really stressing me out in my life? Sometimes that means saying no to the things that numb us but also sometimes it means saying no to the things that we genuinely want to do but we just can't fit it in and we know that that's not going to set us up for success um in the day or the the future days or the future you know long term um and that's kind of a hard that's not that's why it's hard that you know people want it to be an easy answer and some you know there are plenty of easy answers out there, you know, the, you know, Steph mentioned some of them deep breathing or we've talked about how people are like take a bath or go to yoga, do the things. but and that can all be a part of it if that's what works for you. But that's like a little blip. That's like one little thing. That's like one little tool in your toolbox, whereas we need to actually create a toolbox and then also reduce the need for the tools. So, yeah. Reduce the need for the tools because you can put all the
1: baths on top of a, you know, a body and a mind that's getting cheap dopamine and constantly putting it in a state of high alert by, you know, watching all these gruesome things, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just what is it going to, you know, or like obsessively tracking the news and engaging anger. There's like there's so much anger out there and it's anger is so toxic to emotional and physical health so anyway um two things one it's henry cloud just looked it up um boundaries great book um very scripture-based uh but great great book for anybody i i would hypothesize also um i haven't read the whole thing so take that with a grain of salt and uh i also i saw this preach on instagram the other day not talking. Somebody said, I don't know if this is true, but they said that they read a study, they weren't a scientist, but parts the parts of the brain that are responsible for anxiety don't really work very well when the parts of the brain that do Thanksgiving are activated. And that's just, that's so powerful. It can be so hard to get out of cycles of, of feeling stressed. And like Noelle said, like getting outside and taking a deep breath it can be the last thing you want to do. But you know what? Also, just like, what if you invited yourself to do one little thing that was in the direction of what you think could be peace or joy or flourishing, right? So you don't have to listen to a whole podcast about gratitude, but you could say, I'm going to go stand on my porch and take one deep breath. You don't even have to say, I'm going to take three minutes of deep breaths. You could just say, I'm going to do one. And after you do one, then you could be like, you know what? I could do two. I could do three. I could do four. And, And then it like, You start to do it and you realize, oh, I am feeling more peaceful. My stress glands really are doing more work than they need to be doing right now, and it—I do feel better. And then it's not like emotional labor to feel better, you know. Mm -hmm. Don't don't overwhelm yourself by telling yourself you're going to do something huge for, you know, to like get out of a habit. Let yourself let yourself change that progressively, or just like I said, laughter is so powerful. So put on something funny, but not. you know something uplifting <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so and i i think i might have mentioned this recently but when i have headaches i watch stand-up comedy um because it like it helps um it it, it generally does like these these are physical things so
0: anyway yeah and we didn't even get into i was just thinking about this get, we didn't even get into like busy culture and this idea that like we as a society. Or let's just just focus on women. Women should be able to handle all of these things. Like there's like this constant competition for busyness, right? There's all these expectations. Your kids should be doing all of this. You should be cooking meals. You need to be, you know, driving your kids to school and then cleaning your whole house and have, you know, be involved with a nonprofit and running your own side hustle. And so sometimes I think women in particular, probably a lot of women listening. Have a hard time actually just going outside in the sunshine and taking those deep breaths because we feel like, well, if we have the time, we should be doing something because I have a long to-do list. I've been meaning to research this. I have a blog post that needs to go out about this. I need to prep for this podcast, like speaking from experience, right? Like we just have all of these things. So actually going outside and sitting and taking a breath is just, we don't have time for it. So. I think also the hard work, the stuff that we don't want to do is actually taking a step back and saying, what do I need to let go of? Why, what, am I, what am I doing too much of? Or why do I have so much on my plate when I can't even Like, what's the point if I can't even like sit with my kids and play a game without like thinking of the running list of things that I need to do at the house or, you know, whatever my responsibilities Or I can't even go outside and take a deep breath. For like a little break, and like, what am I doing? What's the purpose? What's the point here? So, I think it also means just taking a hard look, opting out of busy and productivity culture, and realizing that what we are asking and requiring of single, you know, humans like one person is unprecedented, and we need to have these breaks and these times where we actually allow ourselves to reduce stress and get into a parasympathetic state because that's what we've erased in our culture. That's like not a part of life. If you want 20% off sauna blankets, blue light blocking glasses, blue light blocking lighting, and more, I have an exclusive code for you. I have now been testing a sauna blanket from Bond Charge for about six months, and I still love it. It is the most affordable one on the market. I use Bond Charge products all throughout my day. Many of you know them because they are a holistic wellness brand. They have a lot of evidence-based products. For example, I'm wearing my Bond Charge yellow computer glasses right now because I'm trying to prevent headaches and it works brilliantly. I also put on my orange blue light blocking glasses nightly. Every night at sunset, they have been a lifesaver for me for improving sleep and reducing headaches when looking at screens. We also have the red light bulbs in our room and the yellow bulbs in the kids' rooms, which is the only light we turn on at night. It's just in their lamp. It's just a light bulb that you screw in, and it helps them calm down and get to sleep easier, which all parents need. And earlier this year, we finally invested in the sauna blanket from Bon Charge. I had my eye on it for a while. I absolutely love it. It mostly improves my muscle soreness and improves relaxation. And my husband is now using it to improve his detoxification. You just lay it out on the bed, plug it in, turn it on, and it will heat up within 10 minutes. Farm infrared Light works by heating the body directly, which speeds up your metabolism and sweat rate. It also relaxes muscles and reduces muscle tension. Ultimately, it's an incredible way to support your lymphatic system in detoxification, which frankly, we all need to be proactive about for proper hormone function. I even used it daily when I was doing my parasite cleanse. And... We have a deal which you will not find anywhere else. Go to bondcharge.com forward slash well fed. Use coupon code WellFed to save 20%. That's bondcharge, B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com forward slash well fed. Our coupon code is well fed for 20% off. That's $140 off your very own sauna blanket. And the discount works on all blue light blocking glasses, light bulbs, and more. Yeah. I don't think. Like I've been waking up for the last
1: two or three weeks to, you know, this, like I was talking about, like filling my life to the amount of stress that I can tolerate. Like I just Mm -hmm. always, always filling my life to the amount of stress that I can tolerate, the amount of hurry I can tolerate. Here's another book I've recently read, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by, Mm -hmm. I believe his name is John Mark Cromer. Um, Ruthless Elimination. and that, uh, another Christian book, um, yeah, John Mark Homer, C-O-M-E-R. And, you know, it's just, that's, that's, that's our habit, that's our rhythm. And it's so wrapped up with our ideas about what it means to be a good person. And so it's so hard to stop, but it's good for us. It's good for the people in our lives. You know, it's just like with all this body image stuff. It's, uh, it can be really difficult to step outside the norm, but at the same time, this is these are changes that are good. And so is that not what we're called to do, even if it's difficult, is to set an example for other people, you know, model that behavior. People are so deeply influenced by those around them and what they see. And just modeling the, be- the behavior that we want to exist in the world, really important you know do i want the people around me to be super stressed out and to never set boundaries no (laughs) so you know if i if i change that for myself then i'm then i'm modeling that i'm living into that and that's just like that's a part of just how change in the world happens so i don't know food for thought
0: speaking of modeling behavior question number three is from wholehearted living and wellness she says how to navigate making healthy food choices for your small kids when surrounded by sad food culture without contributing to disordered eating behaviors later in life, Adrena says how to handle sweets and not the good alternatives with three-and-a-half-year-old at parties, holidays, etc. Um, I'll say my piece, and then I want to yeah, hear you what go. you have to say. Um, I, so, Stephanie's giving me the fly swatter. Go, go, go. Um yes, go. <laughs> shooing me, shooing. Um, okay, so I will say that this is a challenge. So if you think that there are people who have this all figured out, they don't. It's just we're all struggling through it. We're all trying, we're all making decisions on a case-by-case basis. That's really what I'll say. I I try as hard as I can um to control the environment, to control what my daughter eats, but inevitably things are gonna happen. And What my mindset, I will keep this relatively short, but my mindset going into, let's say, kindergarten and like, my gosh, there are so many birthday parties and all the things. My mindset going in is, okay. this is her exposure. This is her exposure to gluten. This is her exposure. Like, you know, we got to kind of keep up those exposures here. Here's here's one of them. I really, truly, in my heart, if I look, so I want you to just take a look back at, like, how you were raised and what you ate growing up, okay? And I know, I know we do this a lot, and everybody's like, oh, but, you know, this, you know, I have my own problems. I do, too, right? I have my own problems. But I grew up, like, eating McDonald's. I grew up having grilled cheeses and doing, you know eating chips and snack wells and cookies and cracking out on candy and because like I that's what kids want that's what they do and I think that I don't want to diminish the importance this is this is my struggle I am not diminishing the importance of your kid having a solid diet and you know eating good quality protein and good quality fats and you know, nice grass-fed meats and eggs and all of those things. It's so important. And Dr. Song recently did a post. I had her on the podcast and it was an amazing interview. I have a link to it in the show notes. It was all about keeping our kids healthy and building their immune systems and all the things. And she did an interesting post and it was something to the effect of most parents struggle because they are they want their kids to stay normal. So how do we navigate wanting our kids to be normal Um, in this culture and she made a good point which is what is normal is not that great because a lot of kids are struggling a lot of kids are struggling with adhd a lot of kids are struggling with anxiety with suicidal thoughts um you know we have higher rates of issues with kids both mental and physical than ever before So do I want my kid to be normal? Do I want to be making decisions that are not normal for my kid? Absolutely. I'm not going to be a normal parent. I can tell you that. Um, You know, my, my child is, you know, we're going to be making a lot of decisions differently. And I think one of those, of course, starts with first and foremost, the food in our home. I don't typically don't bring things into my home that I don't want my kids to have free reign and the ability to eat. So I struggle with because when I was younger, I candy was like kept as like this morality, like no, it's separate. You can't, you have to keep it in your box. You have to ask if you want a piece, and it was like put on a pedestal. So I always wanted candy. So I do intentionally have different treats in the house. We we do eat dessert. My kids love it. I make. I'm like a baker. I you know I do. This is what I do for a living. So my kids get to enjoy that. And sometimes I serve it with their dinner. Sometimes I don't. When we go out, you know, I've started trying to navigate this in the best possible way. Last party we'd had, there was pizza, there was, and there was sheet cake. And I talked to Stella, and I said, "Hey." And so we've made certain connections. And I think this is really the way you move forward with your kids: is you just try to make connections and say, "With Maverick, it's a whole different story." So first of all, you have to figure out what's right for your kid in the moment and what does your kid um, lean towards and. What's their personality type and all the things? Um, I have one kid who is a little bit more. She, you know, she's really like I, I. She wants to be normal. She doesn't want to be the kid left out, and Maverick could care less. So with her, we're navigating the social situation as a whole. So we're at the birthday party. They had pizza. They had cake. She's had stomach aches before because of things that she's eaten. So we've made that connection. So I, you know, we, I said, Hey, so why don't we just like pick one thing instead of doing the pizza and the cake? Like, let's just pick one and then, um, we'll just eat. If you're still hungry, we'll just eat more when we get home. So instead of it being like, no, you can't have that or no, that's bad for you or whatever. I always try to bring an alternative or encourage my kid that she's going to still get an alternative or get something special when we go home and, So she had some sheet cake. I actually asked her to just, I was like, just eat a few bites and then we'll go. She ate the whole thing. And she was like, sorry, mom, I ate the whole thing. I said, girl, you do not need to apologize. You did not do anything wrong. Like you just ate the cake and that's fine. I said, how do you feel? And she's like, fine. Okay. Um, And that, you know, inside I'm like, dang, she just ate this massive piece of sheet cake. But um, it is what it is. I'm not going to make my child feel shame about it, right? So then when we go home, we're going to just eat our normal things. I'm going to make sure that she's eating protein and she's got her eggs in the morning and, you know, just praying she eats the vegetable at some point and focusing on fresh foods and doing the best that I can with the situation that I can control and making sure that she knows she's not wrong or bad or she needs to be shamed or um, that or that she needs to hide it from me. You know, I don't want her to feel like, Oh, I'm going to try to sneak this piece of cake because I know my mom doesn't want me. We are te- like her and I are a team. Like I want her to know that I'm on her side, and so that's how you have to approach this. Is like, hey, let's work together to feel figure out like what's best for you today. Um, and maybe at six, I can start to give her just a little bit of education. I've started dropping like, well, protein is what makes you feel really full. So if you're still hungry, it's because you didn't eat your meatball. Do you think you could take a few bites of that? Like I know it's not your favorite thing, but that's what we have for dinner tonight. Um, and I have seen her grow in that way. I don't make her special meals. I don't, you know, I've seen her grow and actually eat more because, you know, I'm serving her what we're all eating. Um, but it is a struggle. So it's always a balance. It's always figuring out what is our situation at school. I just cannot, you know, at school I get to give her all of her food and snacks and she gets to eat it. But I still cannot believe the amount of food that's brought into the schools And I do think it's a shame that we're not thinking about that more on a higher level. Like, you know, they're constantly like we got this email from her teacher. It was like, hey, I'm bringing donuts in the morning for this. And I'm doing I was like, do you really want to deal with 30 kindergartners that have all had a bunch of sugar at, at 830 in the morning? Like, I just don't to me, I'm like, what are you doing? So. I, in that situation, I was like, that's fine. She can, cause I've told them she's sensitive to gluten. I said, that's fine. You know, she can have one. But other times when they're like, hey, we're doing a craft with Fruit Loops. I'm like, I'm going to bring my own Fruit Loops. I'm going to bring my own like, you know, little seven Sundays things. And Stella can use those And another kids in class that have some issues too. And I was like, you know, the kids who have issues can just use these. Um, So I try when I can, and I just don't make a big deal about the times when I can. And that's the best that I can do. Because I can tell it, it, with my kids that whether or not a situation in me overreacting about something is going to impact them or not mentally and emotionally. So I am taking everything into account. I wish I could control more. I wish I could have, like have a you know better situation. Unfortunately, like she has some friends that don't do gluten, and that is that's really cool because like we can band together with that. But, other times, um, I have gotten some alternatives. So I'll say like, hey, like at, at church on Sunday mornings, they sometimes serve donuts. And so with Stella, you know, I'm like, hey, let's just make sure you have like something special. So I'll get our special lar bar. I'm like, why don't you eat your snacks? Because like we brought all your snacks and your snacks are really good. So like, why don't you eat your snacks? And then when we go home, maybe we'll have one of those like gluten-free donuts that we have at home if you really want one. And so like I try to make sure that she's still getting the thing And still feels like she's getting the treat and not feeling like she's restricted. And then other times I'm like, yeah, Stella, today, go for it. Whatever, you you know, because I can tell she's really, it's really stressing her that she doesn't, she's left out. Like she has to stop herself from getting something. So it is always a balance. I don't have it all figured out. But um, I think stressing about these, even if it's like one, even if it's once a month, stressing about these once or twice a month exposures is not it. It's not it. We don't have to be so controlling with everything our kid does. I hate to break it to you, your kid's gonna turn 15, 16, 17, 18. And if you're not giving it to them now, they're sure as heck gonna be getting it later. There are gonna be times when they're older where they're gonna be buying from the vending machine and eating ho-hos and doing whatever. And so I think that being a like a, a treating it more like a teammate situation and really making sure that they know that. They're not doing anything wrong and it's, you know, they're not, they're not bad for wanting it, but giving little nuggets of education along the way, providing alternatives is kind of the way to go and set your kid up for success. And then just model the same behavior, you know, see, let your kids see you loving food and loving cooking and enjoying the gardening and the fresh, you know, my kids hate everything I have grown in the garden. They will not eat a single thing. They won't eat besides the potatoes I've actually got them to eat the potatoes. Otherwise they think tomatoes are gross. They think cucumbers are awful, like nothing. So this year I'm like, I'm growing raspberries and strawberries because I just want my kids to attempt to be making this connection of like, I'm picking the things and I'm enjoying it and it's like fresh. So I just want them to get that positive relationship with these fresh foods and how it's grown and enjoy cooking and enjoy, you know, baking and we can get into some of the more nitty-gritty education later in life but i want them to have a good relationship with food a fun relationship with, with food and enjoy it and not feel like i'm getting the short end of the stick cuz my mom's crunchy you know so yeah that that's what i that's what i have yeah that that strikes
1: me you know as deeply balanced and and wise and i do think you know, pivoting attention to the positive and to what you're including is really, it's just, it's really important. And as kids grow to talk about things in terms of health and to model your focus on health and to show the benefit of focusing on health and not shaming people for doing things that are unhealthy, right? Like, or yeah. this, like, I wouldn't throw out judgmental comments about people's what's in people's shopping carts, for example, or, you know, I I might say, well, I I don't, I I might say like, well, I don't choose that for X, Y, and Z reasons, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to model like, I wouldn't want to bring shame into the conversation in in any way. Um, And then when it, when it comes time for kids to be making their own decisions they they won't have shame attached to it at least not from you and again you can you know always talk about that down down the line and refraining from bringing shame into the conversation and also like just empowering kids with knowledge Mm -hmm. and and then you're and then you're and then you're a teammate and an attitude again when they're at the vending machine or, or whatever you know, kids, adolescents, to the best of my knowledge, right, can can make decisions out of out of resentment if if there's been right. shame and if and, and if you're not a teammate. And so pulling that out of the equation sort of helps them again, in theory, not having kids myself or studying this like can help people in general just make decisions, you know, that without without the weight of distractions right they can actually be freed to pursue their own health because they're you know not burdened by all the baggage that can be attached to it
0: that's such a good point i hadn't thought about the the shame aspect of it because so i mean it's still very true in this generation but generations before us it was so common to shame other people for what's in their cart or shame the person sitting next to you in the restaurant and be like can you believe they're eating that Or to know that there's like an ice cream shop or whatever and like, look at what people are eating. Can you, can you believe they're getting that? And I'm like, you know, it, it, that kind of stuff gets deep ingrained. And so we're like, we take on this morality with food and, and what you're eating and where you're engaging and what, what are you, you know, what's in front of you and what's on your plate, as opposed to just like, again, being a teammate and seeing it as food and making the best decisions for us. Um, so that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that, but I'm sure a lot of people have, were you know, grew up in that kind of culture. So. Yeah. I mean, shame is one
1: of the most powerful things that we can feel and that we can use against other people and that we accidentally use against people all the time. Like it's, it's studied in so many different parts of the Academy as something that's just like really uniquely powerful. And the more but it, it like it spills over. So the more you have it in any parts of your discourse, in any parts of your relationships, it, it it can it can kind of it can bleed over. And so, you know, while we're talking about bringing shame into conversations about food, conversations about all sorts of moral things, Um or so often have have shame laced throughout them and so i you know i would encourage everybody to just be really intentional about that because um it, it can it can i think it can make it much harder for us to make healthy decisions for ourselves in all aspects of our lives um just did having you, it
0: present. did you read the bernstein bears growing up <laughs> no but i appreciate
1: your new much pronunciation of their name <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do it you was mean correct.
1: Well, because isn't it spelled like Berenstein Bears? Oh, yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, it is. There
1: was a whole thing about on the Internet about, did you know you've been spelling their name wrong this whole time?
0: <laughs> yes. I had, okay, I had go been ahead. spelling a name. Stan and Jan Berenstain. Um, there's a very popular book. Most of you probably grew up reading it called Junk Food. It was one of the earlier Berenstein Bears books. Do you remember it said Junk Food and it was spelled out? On the cover, in junk food, jelly beans, all the things. It was one of my favorite books growing up because of that. If you actually read the book, so I I opened the book, I read it to my kids. This was like years ago when we first started reading Bernstein Bears, and I was like, we're never reading this again <laughs> because. And I've oh. brought this up because Richard Scarry has a few situations where there's this pig and a pig family, and Dad eats too much at dinner, and Mom Pig says. Don't eat too much. And then dad tries to climb up on the kids' bunk beds to kiss him goodnight, but he breaks it because he ate too much. And so both kids end up with mom sleeping because dad, you know, broke their bed. And I was like, what in the world? Because then like he gets on the scale, and sure enough, it went up because he ate too much. And I was like, just try to like skip over it. You know, like my eyes read it, and then I was like, you know, okay, let's go on to this next story. But uh the junk food one, somebody did a an instagram reel about it and highlighted it and i hadn't remembered it because like when i first read it a few years ago i was like this is trash it essentially shames brother brother and sister bear come home from their whatever school they grab cashews and like jelly beans and they sit in front of the tv and mama bear essentially looks at them and is like i think you guys are getting fatter like literally that's the book They stand up, they do a 360 and she's like, sure enough, they're getting better. So she, so just like, so she says, you guys are, this is not good. We're going to, you know, take all the snacks out of the house. We're only eating healthy things. So then she sees Papa Bear. She forgot about him. He's sitting in front of the TV, eating something. She makes him stand up and do a 360. Sure enough, he's, he's gaining weight. They ended up going to the doctors and the guy on the reel was so funny. was like, they go to the doctor so they now can be shamed in a professional setting. <laughs> the doctor weighs them. Sure enough, they're like, they're fat. Like, what are you doing? You're eating these cashews and now you're fat. So now hey, what? cashews of all things. <laughs> like, what? So now, um now they go on a diet they're so happy that they've been eating their snacks they they run they even run home from the doctor's office and then they do the 5k together and they're all just living oh. <laughs> so they live happily ever after after they they're like literally sister bears she's chewing on carrot sticks
1: okay <laughs> write your reviews and tell us if you read this book you know the berenstein <laughs> bear junk oh food.
0: I was like, "Wow. This was told was this this was totally normal. This was totally normal in our in our culture to be like And I mean, even today it still is, but more so definitely in oh, the 80s yeah. and 90s, for sure. It was just, it was. Yeah, it was normal. I mean, that was
1: just something that I mean, it was it was so normal for like parents, you know, bodies and weight and like mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Hey, here's another kids book that let us know if you've got thoughts about it in your reviews it's related remember if you give a mouse a cookie yes yeah you give a moose a muffin like the moose is gonna want more and it's like it's about different kind of stuff but it does have this it does have this latent idea of like well if you give a mouse a cookie you know then it's gonna want like i I don't even remember you know (laughs) insatiable appetites (laughs) yeah yeah a cookie I mean, I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily, like that's not participating necessarily in any kind of shame model, like this egregious example. But I did think about the, the you know, it's, it's got like food, it's got food and cute animals. Yeah,
0: it's totally normalized. So anyway, it's just, it's just, just, we can do better. We can do better parents. And I think we are because we're, you guys are asking these questions. We're all, we all want to do better. And I think there's a way to do that. And um, just do the I best you
1: believe, can. I can't believe they run a 5k together that's just blowing my mind this I just family
0: I would never run a 5k as a family that sounds terrible to me and you know what's interesting I actually don't know if mama bear ran the 5k or not but like the whole thing is because mama Bear's like y'all have a problem you know and I'm like wait you're the mother like are you... these are your snacks I have you know there's these another <laughs> the but I mean the whole thing is mom's shame is is shaming everybody pushing everybody to do this makes everybody healthier there's another one called too much tv which we still read but it is funny because all of a sudden mom realizes like we are just watching too much tv around here and I'm like mama bear did, like put some boundaries I don't like all this what your kids have just been watching tv like buck wild and now all of a sudden it hits you like it has got to be some boundaries in place here mama
1: so, and anyway. some interesting parenting.
0: Interesting parenting. Anyway, this wraps up our session on child psychology and books and <laughs> being a millennial. Anything else from you, Stephanie? No. <laughs> For more from Stephanie, it's at Stephanie.ruper on Instagram. More from me at Coconuts and Kettlebells on Instagram. Leave reviews. Leave reviews. We'd love to hear from you. And you will be entered to win sunrise to sunset sunrise to sunset. <laughs> Set. a lot of s's we will talk to you next week